No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at the sad chapter in David's life where rather than going to war with his men, he commits adultery with Bathsheba. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Samuel chapter 11 on Simply the Bible. David was a man after God's own heart. And he was at the pinnacle of success as king over all Israel. God had given him victory over every enemy against whom he went to war. It was an enviable position that he had. But in his phenomenal success, David was at the most dangerous time of his life. We pick it up today in 2 Samuel chapter 11. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It's interesting that springtime was the time kings usually went out to war. I suppose they were all just itching to conquer somebody after being cooped up for the winter. But David decides to send Joab and the army of Israel into battle while he takes it easy and lounges on the palace balcony. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her. For she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. This probably occurs late in the afternoon after a midday siesta, which was common in that culture. David wakes up and walks onto the roof of his palace. Recently, my wife, Cindy, and I returned from our first trip to Israel. We stood on what is believed to have been David's house in the city of David. Even today, it overlooks the houses below. And David notices Bathsheba taking a bath. We are told that she was very beautiful and that she had just purified herself from her menstrual period. You know, we can't necessarily control that first glance. We see something that draws our attention. Maybe we weren't looking for it, but suddenly there it is can't necessarily control the first look. It's what we do with our eyes and mind after the first look that determines everything. Do we discard it? Do we look away? Or do we entertain it? David's initial glance became a lustful gaze. Now Bathsheba's husband, Uriah the Hittite, was one of David's elite forces known as the mighty men. It's difficult to believe that David didn't already know that Bathsheba was Uriah's girl. 
But if there was any doubt, David's servants certainly cleared up the matter immediately. Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Now, at this point, David should have dropped the matter immediately and gone to take a cold shower. Uriah was one of his chief soldiers and probably a good friend. David had an entire harem of wives, but Uriah only had Bathsheba. However, David wasn't interested in doing the right thing. He was interested in doing the king thing and relishing in his power. He was not thinking of propriety, but of pleasure. David was not the first nor the last to use his position to take advantage of a woman. After Bathsheba went home, David probably thought he'd gotten away with it. And that's the deception of sin. But then she sent the message, David, I'm pregnant. Immediately, the wheels began turning in David's mind. How am I going to cover this? Then David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to your house, wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and the gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. David did everything he can think of to get Uriah to go home and sleep with Bathsheba, sending food, telling him to go home and wash his feet. But Uriah had too much honor to do that. He slept at the door of the king's house with David's servants. So when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents. And my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Now think about this. David was the man after God's own heart. Uriah was a Hittite. The Hittites were one of the original inhabitants of the land of Canaan. And yet, Uriah would not go home and sleep with his own wife because Joab and the army was out in the battlefield. He, he couldn't do that in good conscience when his comrades were fighting a war. Then David said to Uriah, wait here today also and tomorrow I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go to his house. So David's plan B was to get Uriah drunk, and then he, his judgment would be so clouded that he'd go home and be with his wife. But it didn't work out that way. Uriah just slept with the servants of David once again and didn't go home. In the morning, it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. 
And he wrote in the letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. Plan C was to send a death note with Uriah telling Joab, kill Uriah. Make sure he doesn't come out of this alive. It is difficult to see how David could get this low, how he could stoop to such a low level of depravity. But that is the way sin works. It deceives us and then it blinds us. And then we do things that we would never imagine we would have ever done. So it was while Joab besieged the city that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew there were valiant men. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. And some of the people of the servants of David fell and Uriah the Hittite died also. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war and charged the messenger saying, when you have finished telling the matters of the war to the king, if it happens that the king's wrath rises and he says to you, why did you approach so near to the city when you fought? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who struck Abimelech, the son of Jerobesheth, which is Gideon? Was it not a woman who cast a piece of millstone on him from the wall so that he died in Thebes? Why did you go near the wall? Then you shall say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Joab knew just what to say to appease David's wrath. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent by him. And the messenger said to David, Surely the men prevailed against us and came out to us in the field. Then we drove them back as far as the entrance of the gate. The archers shot from the wall at your servants, and some of the king's servants are dead. And your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Joab, do not let this thing displease you, for the sword devours one as well as another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it. So encourage him. Oh, David, how could you? Now, several of David's mighty men, his great warriors, had died simply so that David could try to cover his tracks. And when the wife of Uriah heard, that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. Now, for everybody that didn't know what was going on, that didn't know what had happened behind the scenes, David looks like the great hero. I mean, here Uriah had died in battle, and, and Bathsheba was now a widow, and David looks after the widow, and takes her into his harem, makes her his wife, and looks like the hero in the story. But the thing that David did displeased the Lord. You see, God sees everything. And we might think that we get away with it. We might think that we're fooling others, but we cannot fool God. And we shall see that what would happen now to David and to David's family was terrible. Thus is the consequence of sin. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, 
but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. You know, David tried to cover it and it didn't work out. He tried everything he could think of to cover it and it didn't work out. And you just see that God was going to bring this matter to light no matter what. Moses said it so long ago, be sure your sin will find you out. The best time to avoid sin is never to step into it. But if you have stepped into it, then confess it as soon as you can. Because God is faithful. God is merciful. However, there would be severe consequences that David and his family would now have to endure because of this. How it grieved the heart of God. And how God's heart breaks whenever one of his mighty ones falls. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Nathan the prophet tells David a parable that convicts him of his sin. David is told the terrible consequences he and his family will suffer. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.